Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 12. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we thank you again for your goodness in our life, Lord. Oh, where would we be if we didn't have you? We'd all be so, so lost. But Lord, in due time, you touched our hearts and opened our eyes to your reality. And Lord, tonight we come into your house because it's in your house where we study your word together as a family, where we learn to unlearn the things that we learned in this world and the learn the things that come from your kingdom. We are so blessed, Lord, that we can do that uh, freely in our country, and we pray that that would be protected and that we would be able to continue to meet as long as you tarry, Lord. And so touch hearts, Lord. We pray that everyone in this room, if they don't, uh, would know you, and if they don't, that they would come to know you. Bless your word tonight, Holy Spirit. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, yeah. Amen. So in our story, the writer of First and Second Chronicles is giving us a detailed history into the unification of King David's army when he became king and how God brought the kingdom together, the people together under him because the kingdom was divided for about seven years where most of the people stood with the old king, King Saul. But God had torn the kingdom from Saul because he did not honor God's word. And so God is giving it to his servant, King David, who is a man after his own heart. And so we've been reading how the Lord brought together these mighty men who did amazing feats in battle. They were just tremendous warriors, but we must always remember that they were also just ordinary men. The Bible says that they were men of debt, great debt and disgruntled and issues in life, but yet they knew that the Lord was with King David and they made their way to him and God did amazing things through these ordinary guys and thus the Lord is in that business of doing amazing things through ordinary people which gives all of us hope that we can be used by God to do tremendous things for eternal consequences and benefits amazing things that he can do it's all his strength it's all his doing God we see as a builder of kingdoms and nations but also people Jesus came for sinners in whom we are chief and and that is why he came I was reading in my personal devotion just about John the Baptist and how he cried out, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And he was preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. And I feel like today God is wanting to raise up a people from him. Churches, I believe he wants his entire church to prepare the way for him to come back for his church. And that's you and that's me, that we would be a people that our voices crying out in the wilderness. And indeed, we are in a wilderness. This world is lost, and more so as the days continue, as the Lord tarries. I mean, uh, so much has happened this week in the news. I came in here late because I'm gathering all kinds of information because things are changing in this world negatively, so rapidly that, you know, you're getting information as you're walking into church, and then there's different information when you're leaving church. It's changing so much, isn't it? 
But in our story, God is building his army day by day, little by little. And that's how God really works in your life and mine practically. He builds our life. It's not overnight because, you know, what good would our faith be if everything just came overnight, right? It takes time and our faith is developed. And, and also, I think that people are built and nations are built and cities are built and churches are built slowly um, in order to test the hearts, right? God tests whether or not we'll still stand with him, we'll still love him, even though we don't see the um, results right away that we would like to see. You know, those are, the te- those are heavy tests, you know. I remember so many mi- uh, midweeks uh, at Hemmerling, and, 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 and before we were in, in, at Hemmerling, remember, Mike, we were in homes on a Wednesday night. And, you know, you think in such a small setting, well, could this ever grow? And I pull up here and I look at the parking lot and I said, oh my goodness, this is how our Sunday parking lot used to look, but it's a midweek. So kudos to uh, Brother Joe and him saying this is awesome. It is awesome. That parking lot is cool for a Wednesday night for a small church in Banning. I love it. But God is building David's uh, army day by day. That's kind of where we're at. We're right smack in the middle of, of the Lord describing these mighty men. And so in verse 23, it says, Now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war and came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. The sons of Judah bearing shield and spear, 6,800 armed for war. And so as we go through this list, it begins with the prefix that these men were equipped for war. And I like that. They were equipped for war. I mean, do we not believe that that isn't the same calling for us? That we would be men and women who are equipped for the war, the battle that God has placed us in? The moment we've give, we gave our life to Jesus Christ, we were enlisted in his army. And not only enlisted, but we're called to fight the good fight of faith. So I want to be a man who's equipped for the war. And I, and I pray that our church, and I know what you want for the same for you, that we would be equipped for the war like these men uh, were equipped physically for the war. How do we get equipped for the war? How do we become strong soldiers in Christ? The Bible has some things to say about that. That's for sure. Write this down, please. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. If I don't see anybody writing, then we're just going to turn there. Okay, we're writing. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 1 through 4. Paul tells his young protege, he says, You therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier." Paul tells Timothy to first be strong in the grace of the Lord, to be strong in God's goodness. And also that soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs of this world. So a soldier, a Christian soldier is focused on his commander 
which is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So to be prepared for the war, for the battle, we need to be a people that are singly mindedly focused on the Lord more than anything else throughout our day. We can go to work, but God's on the forefront on our minds. We can go do our hobbies, but God is still on the forefront of our mind. We can go to the market. We can do, take care of our, of our, we can be at home. We can be at rest. We can be anywhere in the world, but our focus every day should be singularly upon Jesus Christ and nothing else above that reality. That equips us like, that's how you're strong in the grace of the Lord is by focusing your heart, your attention, your energies on the Lord. We get in trouble because we, as human beings, we easily get distracted. Our hearts easily get twisted and turned and, and life gets busy and, and, and we're not focused on him as we ought to be. And we're frankly not equipped for the war. Amen. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, Paul would say, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Again, Timothy, be strong in the grace of our Lord. And now he's telling the church at Ephesus, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Again, it's in the Lord. Be found in Christ. You believe in Christ? So do I. Let's be found in him. Let's make sure that our affections are upon the Lord. Be found in him. Jesus said, unless you drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, right? We, we're, we're not worthy to enter the kingdom of heaven. So we must really digest them, really just focus on him stronger than we ever have, especially in these last days. There's distractions everywhere. And Satan is a king of distracting us. There's an acronym that I learned about a long time ago for busy and busy. And it means being under Satan's yoke busy so it is to be found in them in his grace in the power of his might but also one of the tools we use is scripture scripture equips us for the for the war scripture uh, equips us for family life scripture uh, equips us for our workplace for every aspect of our life it is scripture that prepares us and readies us for the war as well in second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 through 17 that's second timothy chapter 3 verse 16 through 17 it says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work we want to be thoroughly equipped for the for the war then it's the scriptures that we need to be knowledgeable in it's the knowledge of our king that strengthens us strong is a man or woman who grows in their knowledge and their wisdom of the lord daily not status quo devotions but am i growing am i going deeper am i spending more quality time in the scriptures am i meditating on it am i thinking about it and uh, allowing the word of god to get me to change me to grow me to bless my life to strengthen me scripture prayer in christ strong in his grace strong in the power of the lord and his might all of these things that's that that's what equips us they were equipped for the war and they came to david at hebron to turn over the kingdom of saul to him and when does when is the kingdom of darkness handed over to the kingdom of light when we're equipped for the battle and we go forth ready to fight ready to take ground from the enemy 
When Jesus said that the gates of Hades shall not prevail against the church, that the reality of the meaning, it means that the, the opposite, the contrast for the church, that the church will take ground from the enemy. But only a church that's equipped for the war will take ground from the enemy. Just like any army that trains, right? Are they going to be more ready than an army that doesn't train? The sons of Judah bearing shield and spear, 6,800 armed for war. And so the sons of Judah, what did they bear? They, they, they bore shields, shields and spears, shields and spears. They came, they showed up. They showed up to David with shields and spears, not empty handed, not with nothing. They showed up, the Bible wrote, they came, they came with shields and spears. And they, they bore them. They carried them. They were carrying something. And the Lord spoke to my heart on just the importance of, of bearing our load. Bearing our load. Carrying our own weight. Oh, you know what Galatians says. Galatians uh, 6 saying that if we bear one another's burdens, we shall fulfill the law of Christ. We've all heard that, right? Bearing one another's burdens. And as Christians, should we bear one another's burdens? Sure. The, the term burden there in Galatians 6, it speaks of an extraordinary burden. I have been so blessed and so honored to be able to witness the love that our church has for one another. I mean, you guys rally around those that are sick, those that are hungry, those that are broken, those that are going through issues. We have a very loving church, and that's one of the greatest compliments that our church uh, receives, and I've heard it. Man, our, this, this church is a loving church. People really are caring, and that's a beautiful thing because the Bible says man, by doing that, you fulfill the law of Christ. Extraordinary burdens, but, the, but in the very same verses in Galatians 6, let's turn there. So that we uh, get a jolt of energy. Galatians 6. Give me an amen once you're there. Galatians 6. So it's talking about sharing one another's burdens. Dealing with the brother or sister who has fallen into a trespass, a sin. You know, when you go and try to exhort or encourage them to get back on the right track. Paul is encouraging the church that you do it with a spirit of humility, considering yourself, right? You know, understanding that any one of us can fall, so we deal with them with delicate gloves. That's what it's saying. Bear one another's burdens, right? But then he goes on to say in um, the following verses, in verse uh, 4, it says of Galatians 6, but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. So in considering others and how we ought to help them and be humble, you know, Paul also encourages the, the church to examine themselves, consider their own works, and make sure that you are, are bearing your own load, your own weight, so to say. That's a Christian philosophy straight from heaven. The Bible says if a man refuses to work, let him not what? Eat. That's from the Lord. So 
We have to discern the difference between someone being overly needy and not wanting to carry their basic load, their basic backpack, versus someone who has an extraordinary burden. The extraordinary burdens, those are the ones we help. The ones that are just carrying the normal backpack, like everybody else is supposed to carry that normal backpack, we encourage them to, you can do it. You know, trust in the Lord. Lean on Him, you know. Be strong in, his, in the, the grace of the Lord. Be strong in the, the might of the Lord. You can do it in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Go for it. You can do it. That's what we do. We don't carry it for them or we enable them. The guys from Judah, they came bearing spears and shields. And that blesses me. Because I believe that God has a spear and a shield for all of us to carry. To come into the war ready. To say, I'm, I'm, I'm down to fight. I'm down to fight. I've been in the Lord. I've been studying. I've been praying. My faith is through the roof. What do you want me to do? Where's the battle? But there are people, man, man, they don't have anything in their hands and they need to pick up a spear and a shield and get in the battle. Amen? Because we're the body of Christ. And the body of Christ has many members. And the Bible says that the body of Christ grows, the church grows, when every joint of that body does its share and supplies what it can. Right? It says in Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There is a part for you and I to play in the body of Christ, and the body of Christ isn't where it needs to be unless all of us play our part. Everyone's concerned with health. We get that. There's also spiritual health for our church. Spiritual health. And the body can be sick when there are those who, for one reason or another, refuse to pick up a spear and a shield and meet the Lord, the Son of David, for battle against the devil. We got to fight. Verse 25 of the sons of Simeon, mighty men of valor, fit for war. 7,100. Simeonites, right? Of the sons of Levi, 4,600. Jehoadah, the leader of the Aaronites, and with him 3,700. Zadok, a young man, a valiant warrior, and from his father's house, 22 captains. Of the sons of Benjamin, relatives of Saul, 3,000. Until then, the greatest part of them had remained loyal to the house of Saul, but God changed their hearts, right? God changed their hearts. He has the power to change hearts. In our favor. In our favor. Of the sons of Ephraim, 20,800 mighty men of valor, famous men throughout their father's house. I don't know what that means. Maybe you can tell me they were famous amongst their father's house. I, it seems to me that everyone we're reading about would have been famous, but I guess these guys were spectacular warriors. Maybe they had a newspaper or something, I don't know. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, 18,000, who were designated by name to come and make David king. I don't know what that means either, but they were designated by name. By name. You're going to hand it over to David. What an amazing, amazing 
call specifically for these guys of the sons of Ishakar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command you need to underline this probably double underline this the tribe of Ishakar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do the tribe of Ishakar the Lord lets us know that they knew what was going on in their times. They were not blinded to the times. They knew God gave them insight as to what the nation of Israel should do. Crazy. This is a verse that is dear to my heart today. It's dear to the church today more than ever. Because there is that debate whether or not churches should be political whether they should be in the political atmosphere or not there is a divide where some say that the church should just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and stay out of what's going on in politics this is one of those verses that we hold on to who disagree with that statement we I believe without a doubt that Politics are based on policies and policies are based on morals. And our children have to be taught what good morals are and what, what bad things are. And the policies that politicians make will affect the next generation. So by not being political, I'm surrendering the lives of my children to a bunch of godless heathen politicians, which I cannot do. And we're living at a time today where it is more, more important than ever before to know what's going on, like the tribe of Ishakar, to understand the times that we're living in. Paul the Apostle would say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he would say, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that this day should overtake you as a thief. Paul said to the church that there's no need for me to tell you about the times because you know the times that you're living in. That the Lord can come back at any moment. You know it, I know it, but some may not know it. Some within the church may not know what time it is, but it's for you and for I to warn them that the Lord can come back at any moment, that we need to be busy about his business, that knowing the terror of the Lord, knowing that judgment is coming upon this world soon, quick light, we need to warn people to give their lives to Jesus Christ because he's the only means to salvation. There is no other way. I mean, people, I have received calls this week of, of people struggling and thinking about what's going on and the craziness that's going on with the laws and the mandates of the vaccines, which I am going to hit on tonight, um, because it's all coming down the, the pike right now. Even today, the governor spoke today about it. So it's something that's fresh. It's new. It's this week. I hear that there's protests at the hospitals from a medical staff protesting against the mandate that they have to take the vaccine. We'll get into that. But God is coming back soon. And what we see going on is the wrath of Satan and it is the sin of mankind. This is nothing to fear, my friends. 
The Bible tells us who we should fear. And the Bible says, do not fear him who can kill the body, but afterwards do nothing. Fear him who, who, after he kills the body, can kill the soul. Speaking of God, and that's what's coming to people. This world is backwards. And we need to be in the word. And we need to be like the tribe of Ishakar and understand the times. We cannot be blinded to what's going on around us. We cannot be, we cannot succumb ourselves. We cannot live lives that we're being educated by specific news organizations that are totally godless and totally against everything that the Bible believes in. You just cannot. Our minds are being either washed with the water of the word or with the truth or with what we watch, what we see, what we hear, what we allow. Our sources have to be wide today. We have to find the good sources today because they're not out there. And you see how everything's being censored today. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapman. Bye.